Good morning. Hope, you, hope you're having a good uh, Sunday, whether it's uh, morning or whatever time of day it is. At, we're at the, uh, the Sokokoji Monastery Zendo. It's unusual to be here these days, but here we are. So the, the title of the talk is The, the Three Don'ts. That's D-O-N apostrophe T. I think I gave a talk like this uh, maybe a few years ago ago called the three donuts and i'm sure that got a lot of hits but the three don'ts and you all know what these are you've heard me talk about it for quite a while off and on and that is a don't believe don't believe belief is not helpful uh, to the spiritual path it may be helpful to uh, hunting or building a uh, skyscraper and it certainly is helpful to securing or making the self-centeredness feel secure. So you, yeah, don't end up investigate here. I'm, I'm just fine uh, accomplishing things and getting credit and having a credential. And I'm even fine uh, being criticized because at least I know I'm somebody. I'm the one who made a mistake, <clears throat> sometimes called shame. It's the opposite of pride. You may have a lot of pride. You may have a lot, have a lot of shame. You may prefer one over the other. I would say don't prefer anything. At the same time, don't. Don't believe it. And also, don't disbelieve it. And of course, the third one, the most difficult of the three, is don't look away. And how do you train yourself to not look away? Observe whatever's moving. Just observe. Don't join it. Don't reject it. Don't dismiss it. <clears throat> There's a lot of words that will fit that in that area which are all kind of movement words, movements in the mind, movement in space. But if you do move away from something, be aware of it. You don't have to necessarily correct that. That's a, it's a very subtle area. And only uh, through meditating, doing sitting meditation year after year after year, will you realize that you can actually get up off your cushion and go get a drink of water without being wrong, without being lazy without any judgment of pursuing you uh, down the hallway out of the zendo or out of the meditation room. Awareness, awareness is only about awareness. Liberate yourself. And how do you do that? You, you, look at your, you look at the jail, you look at the bars, you look at the confinement of the self, and you won't see that in three weeks, three months, even three years. I'd be quite astonished. Nothing to gain, nothing to lose, uh, nothing to separate from. And of course, it's, it's very difficult to just make yourself stop believing or make yourself uh, start believing or make yourself uh, not look away. This is why it's so important to take your seat in front of something that's not moving. A wall is good. Hold still, sit very symmetrical. Find, find the one thing you have some say-so about that actually is, is, is actually there, the body. You have some say-so about that. You have very little say-so about the mind because there isn't anyone. So sit down, hold still, sit symmetrically, left over right. This is a good uh, mudra or hand position. You can do this also, but this is more a little more casual. Make it kind of, uh, uh, you could say, uh, invented. Take on a very symmetrical position and just observe and begin to see the uh, incredible, fantastic, undiscoverable symmetry of the world. It's called the great perfection. And you have to see it. You can, you can, you can read Long Chempa all day long. 
and, and kind of feed off from that kind of thing. Read it a little bit and then put the damn thing down and sit in front of the wall for a few hours. See it for yourself. He's gone. <laughs> He's gone. <laughs> He's real gone. So the way in which you work with these three donuts is just by seeing them. You just notice the way. I'll give you a little uh, experiment you can do. The next time you're um, sitting in a room by yourself, particularly, it could be with others, but uh, sitting on the couch, sitting in your chair, sitting on your cushion, just notice the way you don't question anything. You don't question the wall, the house, the building. You don't question the body. You just assume this is you. Look closely. I'm not saying this isn't here. I'm not saying there aren't nerve endings, but it is not you. You can't find an identity here. This is what they say when the teaching talks about the five skandhas. Look in the, in the sense of form, no self there. Sense of feeling, no feeling there. There's no self there. <clears throat> Perception, really not anyone there. Some kind of a perceiving quality, but not an identity. And of course, in the thought process, which is a hyper vigilant about being threatened, paranoia. No self there, no sense, no self in the six sense fields that are objects. There's a lot going on there, but it's all dependently arisen, and there's no, there's no authority anywhere. <laughs> Even though we we would like that because we want somebody to be in charge, like mom and dad. And even mom and dad should be in charge only as much as necessary. Don't interfere with your child's karma. Try to make anybody into somebody else, including yourself. Find out who you are, as I say over and over again. <clears throat> and of course, how it's just done by seeing, seeing, being, actually noticing that you actually believe you are a body. As long as you think this is you, uh, you're, you're going to be uh, feel safe and feel scared. Kind of alternates. You'll feel really safe, really pretty good. Hey, this isn't bad. Sun's out. Not too bad. And then another time, because causes and conditions tend to rotate this way and that way and this way and that way, <clears throat> then you could become incredibly frightened because there's this uh, me feeling, this identity of a someone somewhere just because there's something happening with the eyes, with the, uh, this, the, this, the, uh, all the different uh, sense fields. <coughs> Pardon me. Look closely. How do we do that? We might, you might have to do this a lot, but we've been doing just the opposite for centuries and centuries. Even, even that's kind of an understatement. There isn't any time you haven't been here. When I say you, I'm talking about what this is because that, you're not separate from that, but it, it needs to be realized. We use concepts, ideas, uh, considerations about uh, the concepts that point to the nature of reality. <clears throat> Most of the, the materialistic community, whether it's scientific materialism, psychological materialism, material materialism, and uh, spiritual materialism, want proof, some kind of proof. And, of course, the way that meditators look for it is uh, experience, not interested. Experience, the experience of uh, Kensho actually covers up your awakening. 
uh, it might help you a little bit because it might get you back to the cushion more and more and more to see if you can get that to come back again, that feeling of being one with everything. You guys know what I'm talking about. <clears throat> or maybe you don't. But it's not an experience. What this is, when you understand it, see it, grok it, perceive it, uh, once that happens, it's not an occurrence. It's, it's not an occurrence any more than opening up a, <clears throat> a jar or a box. Somewhat experiential, but the main thing is it's open. We don't continually go back to the, the experience of it. We see it. We see it. No proof. You, you, if you see it, you have no interest in proving it to anyone. You don't say it. You don't even tell somebody about your wonderful uh, looking at uh, the nature of reality and seeing your face everywhere. Unless you're a teacher, and then you may try that out every now and then. See if anybody, it helps someone. Everywhere I look, I see myself. I've said that. I used to say it a lot because I thought that would be helpful. But I don't say it so much anymore because... Everybody's starting to look like somebody else. <laughs> Nothing lasts. It's not an experience. That's why it doesn't matter. Once you see it, it doesn't matter what happens. It's not like you're indifferent. No, you're very much about saving all beings. You see that other people who are tied up in knots about who they are and they're suffering and torturing themselves and torturing others, you want to help them. But you need to respect their confusion before you can help them. And how do you do that? You respect your own confusion. Quit trying to shape up. This is not the Marine Corps. <clears throat> As they say, shape up or ship out. I don't say that. See what it is. See, see deeply what it is. All evidence is partial. You might have evidence for something, but since it is partial, it's also uh, dependently arisen. It's also relative truth. And it ha for a while it works, but the world is uh, only flat for a while. The actual understanding that <clears throat> that can arise by not grasping belief, not refusing disbelief, and not shutting down or distracting ourselves, ignorance. What will show up is what this actually is. And it, it, it is completely lacking in otherness. <clears throat> I lied. It's got a little bit of otherness, but not much. It's just enough for you to have dessert tomorrow afternoon. Just enough otherness. That's called humor. Yes. When you were talking earlier about you can, you see that you can get up for a drink of water from meditation and it's not laziness, it's not bad. Does the tension have to be there in order to see that? The tension of thinking there's a right and wrong to be able to see that contrast? Yes, you have to look at the tension without shutting down on it, ignorance, without explaining it or justifying it or saying it's okay for me to do this, passion, <clears throat> or without going to war with yourself or trying to discipline yourself so you never get up and so you can tell your friend or your neighbor or your teacher, uh, I managed to stay there all day. I'm not saying you shouldn't say that. Of course you should. You could say, I blocked set all day today and didn't move. That's not, that's not what I'm talking about. Communication is... It's just that. It's just this happened, that happened, and this happened. <clears throat> it's when it, when it becomes some kind of result or some kind of a, a very subtle credential. It's a credential, but it's kind of under the uh, under the uh, pile of newspapers in the garage. So you 
you have it, but you're not going to let anybody know that you're using that as a credential more. I'm just wondering too if if we can go too far into that where, uh, well, I can just get up and move. That's passion. That's passion. That's that's gra- That's actually being creative in a way that protects your activity and, and justifies or validates it. <clears throat> you can actually get up from the cushion and go function, go to the bathroom, get something to eat. Even in block sitting, sometimes I, when I talk about block sitting, I say, you, you could watch, uh, <clears throat> pardon my throat clearing. <clears throat> as long as you're watching what moves, the idea, of course, is to sit as still as possible to create as strong a contrast between what you have a say-so about and what you don't have a say-so about, which is your thought process. Sit down, hold still. But if you need to get up and move, either through not feeling so good, your knee hurts, uh, you're bored, your intention is already the same. You already have the intention to train the mind, and that means you should respect what happens. So that means you could get up and go out. Sometimes when we first started here in this uh, monastery, this temple, uh, years ago, people would get irritated if we're all sitting in here and somebody gets up and leaves. Okay. So in ancient times, you know, 30 years ago, it was ancient times, <clears throat> uh, you couldn't leave. You couldn't leave until, or someone would yell at you, uh, jiki-jitsu would refer to you as a criminal or something. Who knows? It's just that the, the, the control modality, is just, it's just a misunderstanding, it's a huge misunderstanding. Of discipline. Discipline is not about controlling anything. It is about observing forms and you observe the form and your form is to sit and hold still. And when the thoughts come and go and come and go, you observe the thoughts coming and going. No comment. Don't believe it. Don't disbelieve it. Don't look away. You just observe the motion. You observe the motion. You observe the motion. When you when your body uh, is aching, uh, you might not cave in right away to it. You might look at it for a moment and realize that you need to get up. There wouldn't even be that comment. You would just get up. And that also is motion. Sometimes meditation teachers differentiate between the motion of the thoughts and the motion of the body. These are not two different things. And you can actually train with the motion of the body. This is why I say when you're going to do block sitting, create the form and then watch what you do. See if you can sit there for four hours. See if, if, if. It's not, a, it's not a success story. You may get up after an hour, 45 minutes. You may go do something else. But the, the original intention is to train your mind to see clearly. And the instruction is coming from, if you have a teacher, coming from the teacher is to sit down, hold still, watch what moves. So that's your instruction. And what may be moving is the body getting up and going to the kitchen. That's also awareness practice. And it is a particularly, particularly powerful awareness practice if there's very little extra comment on anything. In other words, I shouldn't be doing this, but I need to go. I should just go. More about that? I'm just, uh, I'm also wondering about what is the practice of not taking a position? What is the practice if not taking a position? What is the practice of not taking a position? So when we're talking about this, it's, it's, not to say don't move, but it's also not do whatever you want. So what is the actual practice? Did I say do whatever you want? That's what I'm saying. It's not no. those extremes. No, it's a, it, it, the other way I say it is a, a don't do anything unless you have to. So in other words, don't think unless you have to, but you're going to have to think. 
and don't move unless you have to. But you're going to have to go to the bathroom. So, so you would notice that. In other words, you would you would make it a complete awareness practice. Not only movement of the mind, but movement of the body forms. <clears throat> this won't uh, this won't look like a success story. Might look more like a failure story for a while. But this is why it's necessary to have some kind of form to observe the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha, the teaching person, what is being taught, and a community that supports each each other in this awareness practice. More. Uh, when you're bowing, um, there's a question from um, William Murdy, Murray's daughter, Melanie, a.k.a. Moodles. I know Moodles. She asks, what is karma? <clears throat> uh, I can't remember how old Moodles is. Can you? Is Moodles seven or eight? Somewhere in that area. So... <clears throat> Karma is a Sanskrit word that refers to, uh, that freely translates as action. Uh, it is often used as um, like your karma. It's your karma to be, uh, be a girl or be a boy or be uh, really good at sports. Or it's your karma to, uh, to constantly say that the causes and conditions, in other words, something, this causes something. It's like your mom and dad kind of caused you. So it's your karma to be you because of their karma to be them and so on. So it, and it keeps going back further and further. Most of the world, uh, Moodles, <clears throat> uh, grasps on just a little a bit of the karma. This did that. You're the blame for this. Or I'm, I'm able to do this because of that. And they don't realize that that very uh, cause and effect situation is very deep. It goes way, way back before you and I even got here. The cause and effect has been happening and happening and happening. That's why there were dinosaurs. At least we think they were. Something left a bunch of bones. So cause and effect, basically. I hope that's helpful to you. Don't do anything with it. Just look at it. Question from Koku. Who is it from? Koku. Koku. Okay, go ahead, Koku. How do you not look away when you are in a lot of physical pain? You notice that you look away. It's always about, so you don't do it unless you have to. And if you're in physical pain, you might have to ignore that. But you're aware of ignoring. And if, insofar as you can, if you're in a lot of physical pain, and I can speak from experience, I've been in some of that. Uh, if you can, just look at it. And it can be excruciating to do that. But uh, it, uh, it, but there's something, something that is uh, authentic about. Not even being with the pain. It's not about being with the pain. It's not about accepting the pain, which is passion. It's about not about rebelling against the pain, which is aggression. And it's not about shutting down on the pain, uh, which is uh, uh, opioids, however you want to say it. Shutting it off, closing it off. And also, this doesn't mean that when you go to the dentist, you can't get some Novocaine. We're not saying, not going to extremes about it. But we're just saying, if you're in extreme pain of some kind that doesn't seem to have an off switch somewhere, then insofar as you can, <clears throat> receive the pain. But if you can't receive the pain of you personally or this person or that person, if their uh, karma or their difficulty, they can't do that just as a, just because somebody said so, then just be genuine. Just whatever is happening, keep it as simple as possible, uh, as few elaborations as possible. More. Um, the second part of this question 
Is it similar to how you say with sitting for as long as you can, then going away and doing something else, and then coming back? Push, pull, or ignore. Push, pull, or ignore. I say do not push, pull, or ignore. I do. But you might not be able to help that. You might say, well, I'm not going to push, pull, or ignore, but I can't help but be against that. I can't help but feel anger against that. But the anger that you're feeling that's coming up is not necessarily you pushing. It's just it's just coming out of causes and conditions. You could call it what Moodles was asking about. Just call it your karma. You can't stop having emotions and feelings. Don't fight with yourself. Be genuine. More? Yeah. With ignorance, the very nature of it is you can't see it. Even if you <clears> make the intention to not ignore, you don't even know you're ignoring. If you... You, you eventually will if you continue to receive and stop spitting things out and knocking things down. If you stop passion and aggression, eventually by working with those and taking the energy away from those by not fueling that, then eventually you'll begin to see the way you've been shutting things down. It takes a while. Go ahead, please. How can we know that we have an intention if the action isn't showing up that's consistent with it? I think it just takes a while. How can we know that we have an intention if the action that shows up is inconsistent with the intention? I just think it's a matter of why. It just takes a while because uh, you'll notice there's a mini conclusion that comes in there that explains that to us. You notice that? That's how you're able to ask that question. You don't you don't see the conclusion part of what you your of your question. So you might think that questions are about getting answers, but they're actually about seeing your own conclusions. I just help you with that. Are there actions that are inconsistent with the intention to awaken? If you if there are actions that you don't that you you piled so much plus and minus judgment and on uh, even involuntarily that, that you you can't see it. This is why it takes so much mind training. This is why people who are highly intelligent. Brilliant, brilliant people are that I can't cross swords with. That are really are still immersed in confusion and will die without knowing who they are. Because they're they they crunch into something that they think is true, mainly themselves and how smart they are. <clears throat> Go ahead. Further questions since we're in the question. Hakaran, did you have a, a question? Yes, but I don't know how it fits in the context of my question was uh, about gratitude and yes. how and the gen being genuine with gratitude, like how okay. does it fit? Gratitude. Gratitude is not about uh, about you. Uh, it's not about you um, producing. It's not a, something you produce. Gratitude is something you receive. Just give everything your attention. Be grateful. Be grateful for this incredible world showing up every morning, every night in front of your eyes, in front of the mirror. Uh, human beings who come in your direction who are incredibly uh, in, in intense pain, that are acting angry, that are in, incredibly confused. Don't blame them. Listen to Moodles. She's asking the right questions. What is so, Yes, go ahead, please. Relating to um, don't believe, don't disbelieve, and don't ignore. 
when I'm when I'm experiencing a lot of negativity, sometimes I want to jump to gratitude and say, am I trying to push it away then, the negativity? <clears throat> Probably not. So we work with it. We have to work with it where we're at. And so wanting to jump to gratitude, you have a lot of negativity, uh, be grateful to everyone. It's just a practice that's done, that's taught in Buddhism. Um, everyone has been your mother. There isn't anyone that, that any anyone that hasn't had that kind of a dynamic with you. You might say, "Well, I had a terrible time with my mother." So it might not work. The metaphor might not work so well. But it's just base, basically saying that they're they're fundamentally aren't separate beings. They're just this incredible uh, display of phenomena that appears as separation. So just receive. Go ahead, Don. Don Valley is. Not remembering a form of ignoring. Yeah, but it's but it's dependent on circumstances and causes and conditions. So you may remember, you may not. I wouldn't be too concerned with it. If you think you need to remember something, then start repeating it. Don just came out of a 10 day, 10 day solitary re retreat and he just forgot why he went in. Mm -hmm. So that's why he's asking that question. So who was going to ask a question a moment ago? To show. To show. Go ahead. Teacher Lonnie, uh, I understand what you mean by question being around a conclusion that you already had. How do we work with this question and answer format to help us get past that? <clears throat> you don't have to get past it. There, there isn't anything else. The elseness is part of the delusion, the thinking, thinking there's something else, thinking, thinking there's somewhere to get. This is, uh, if it's polished too much, if it's worked with too much without being understood, it becomes a, a spiritual materialism, trying to use spiritual techniques to be someone else. As my teacher said very simply, very directly, and very succinctly, be genuine. Be genuine. Just be who you are. Be who you are. And any any confusion that's coming, don't do anything with it. Just to, just watch it, observe it, receive that. So you, you don't have to, you're doing, as far as I'm concerned, since I'm functioning as your teacher, your mentor, your guide, however, whatever word you want to use. Uh, I'm saying you're fine. Just keep doing what you're doing. Keep studying. Keep practicing. Keep asking questions. Keep interacting with Sangha, Buddha, Dharma, Sangha an incredible structure, the teaching person, what is being taught, and the community that of people who are together supporting each other in order to uh, see this incredible truth of no separation, no otherness. <clears throat> anything, you can, anything you can think of that, that looks like two things, uh, that's delusion. If it looks like this and that, it's delusion. And if it, if it but if they look, like they're the same thing. That's delusion. Same and different. Akaran bowing. Akaran. If they look like the same, you broke up there. <clears throat> it's it's same. Uh, it's a not just me saying this. It's a uh, like a sandokai, the equality of sameness and difference. It's uh, it, it's the same and it's different, and it's it, and it's and it shows up in our consciousness. It looks like the consciousness is one thing, the awareness, the thinking process, and the body is something else. They're also not the same. 
and they're not different. But one has to realize, you have to realize that. You have to sit down, hold still, and watch. You may not have to become a Buddhist. You may not need to receive vows. That would be your business. But we only have so much time. We only have so much time. Death comes without warning. So, and then, then, then the whole situation goes back into the elements. Go ahead, Hakaram. <clears throat> you say over and over, just receive. But is that enough to root out the causes that create suffering for myself? I always feel I want to do more. Sit more. Want to do more of, of all the things that I refer to or talk about. That's the one that probably needs to be stronger with most people. Maybe not everyone, but sit down, hold still, watch what moves. Do a lot of that so that you can get to know yourself on a deeper and deeper level. There are lots of level, lots of layers of consciousness. This human realm is a, a very thin candy shell. There's lots more. There's, it's, there's a lot more than this. And when I say more, I'm not saying you would say, well, how much? Well, okay, 1,562 billion candy shells. And, but we're only seeing one of them. And some of them aren't made of candy. So, But it's necessary to see this one, what this is, before we can uh, explore uh, much deeper. I mean, we can explore deeper, but but it's very difficult to be a, a sojourner in a in an area that where it is totally dark, and and even the light that's there is uh, confusing. When something novel, when something I, new arises in consciousness, when something new arises in consciousness, how can you explore without grasping? How can you explore without grasping? Just look at it. And if you see yourself grasping, the awareness of grasping uh, starts to cut into the area where the grasping gets its uh, its fuel from. Where does it get its fuel? From hope, thinking you're, you're onto something? You're not. Or, or thinking it's something that's dangerous? It's not. This, I'm not, don't, don't misunderstand. I'm not saying that fire isn't dangerous or poison isn't dangerous. But I'm saying that, that, that grasping here, just watch the grasping. There's two kinds of grasping or three kinds of grasping. There's this kind of grasping, passion, this kind of grasping, aggression, and this kind of grasping or what problem? More? That's good. That's good. Keep going. It seems like even in our protector chants, we ask for protection against <clears throat> certain appearances. We do. We certainly. We ask for all beings to be happy. We pray for all beings. Go ahead. So do we particularly need protection from anything that arises in our... You don't need protection, but you ask for protection. You don't need, but you ask for protection. You participate in the realm in which you're in. You're in the realm of desire. You can't just suddenly be a Buddha and be some kind of a special woman who no longer needs or wants or has a credential of not needing. When I say you don't need anything, I'm not talking about the current credential of being free of grasping. I'm saying you're very, very aware of grasping. And you're not concerned whether you grasp or don't grasp. Why? Why? I'll answer that for you. There isn't anyone. The grasping is, it gets very intense, especially when the self-centeredness is threatened. In other words, the, the belief in the self-centeredness. But if you see who this is, you're liberated. There isn't anything can, can can catch you, can chase you, can stop you, 
can start you, can uh, the whole control mechanism has, uh, has collapsed. And you're liberated. And where are you liberated from? I don't know. Where are you liberated to? I don't know. There isn't anything else. The elseness is gone. More? Not yet. Further questions? Juju. Question from Shane Thompson. Shane, Shane, are you still alive? Why did I ever hear from you? Go ahead, Shane. Are masks, quarantines, and social distancing the new normal or a temporary phenomenon? Everything's temporary. Everything is temporary. So just probably a good idea. You don't want to avoid the situation. So you would work with it however it shows up in your neighborhood, your community, your however. But yeah, everything's temporary. Even Buddhism is temporary. The teachings can go away. That's, that's why we have lineages. That's why we have warm hand to warm hand. If you understand this, what I, anything I uh, happen to understand, which puts me in a place where I'm talking to others about it or responding to questions, comes from the Buddha. Not something I discovered. It comes from my teachers. Not something they discovered. Lineage. Warm hand to warm hand. All the way. Unless you're in Tibet. It might be cold hand. You say um, recently in a talk, you said, don't look for the light. Look at the darkness. If anything that we see is apparent or light, how can we look at dark? Well, if there's light, then look at the light. But if you're having difficulty and, and it seems dark, then you might have to look at that. <clears throat> I'm, what I'm what I'm trying to I'm not saying you shouldn't look at the light or look on the lighter side uh, to put it simply, of course. But if you're having a struggle with something, then rather than try to cover it up with some kind of uh, artificial uh, heat lamp, uh, you know, go go into the darkness because that's where the light is at is in the darkness. That's where that's how that's why it, when Rinpoche says be genuine, he's saying you need to look at your garbage, like Coben said when he uh, when someone asked him how would you just spontaneously someone said, how would you define a Sangha, the Buddhist community? And he says, the garbage heap. Why is he saying that? Not, not to be negative. He said it's a lot of very, very difficult um, emotions and feelings and all getting together and trying to see, is there a jewel in this garbage heap, as it is uh, sometimes referred to? More? In, um, in Sangokai, it talks about how the light and the dark aren't different. But on the path, or relatively, how are they distinct? One's bright and one's not. So we, we can, the polarity thing, we can go around and around and around about that. It's, it, it actually is a, it's something that someone has to see. And if you see this, you'll be tongue-tied. If you see what this is, uh, unless you uh, do what I do, which is lie constantly, it's the only way I can point at the truth is just tell one lie after another one. It's all relative truth. You can't see the truth. You can't point to it. But you are who you are, uh, body, mind, complex, life, your room, uh, the sky. You're not separate from anything. 
the Buddha you're looking for, you already are. As a, um, I'm trying to think of his name, Indian teacher, Punja, who said, uh, give up the search. I wouldn't say give up the search, but I would say you might want to look at your search. What are you searching for? We have a few minutes left if there's further. Go ahead, didn't you? Question from Susan Olcott from Traverse City. Susan? Can you explain how Buddhism is temporary? Yeah, because the, the, the Buddha was a living being, and the, the Buddhas down through the centuries are living beings. And teachers uh, and other spiritual traditions, uh, they're, they're, they, they live and they die. And they, um, there has to be a living Buddha. It wouldn't be necessarily be called Buddhism, but without that, uh, then it's a, it's a dark age. So it's just temporary in that way, in that it, it, uh, it arises. The teaching is not temporary, but the teaching can, uh, without a teacher, you can't, you just continue to continue to get wound up in whatever is happening in your culture and so on. Doesn't mean it won't come back or arise with uh, if, uh, if there is a living Buddha or a, a living being who is awake, who is able to transmit that to others. And if there are people around who aren't so wound up in their spiritual materialism or their scientific or material materialism, that they are open to that. You can't teach without students. Uh, Ty Lowing, I have a question. Go ahead, Ty um, I've taken your teachings of a losing the war and, um, and just receiving seriously over the last several years. And I've gotten some people in my life that um, you know, because I kept accommodating, I have people in my life that have unhealthy um, uh, relational dynamics that put me in some, um, you know, dangerous situations where I might lose my livelihood and stuff like that. So my question is, is how do we just receive and uh, lose the war while still having um, healthy boundaries and keeping us and the people we care for safe? Well, you're just you're just basically describing samsara. I would just say as much mind training as you can do, sit still so that you're so the clarity about your own confusion uh, is stronger than the, the confusion out in the world. So you don't pro pro project your own lack of clarity, called confusion, onto others. So I'm not blaming you for anything. I'm just saying clarify this. Clarify this situation so you see more clearly the confusion out in front of you rather than thinking that the confusion in front of you is uh, them rather than your projection. Being able to see the difference in that is very important. It takes some time. And I understand, uh, I know a little bit about your situation. I know that's been uh, difficult, but uh, some of that is just uh, uh, it's just karma. It's just, you know, the color of your hair, the shape of your nose, uh, your particular ability of uh, or skills or lack thereof and whatever. And uh, the, um, all of the, the other cause and effect, very simple uh materialistic kind of things that we talk about that are just coming and going. So insofar as you can receive that metal as little as possible, try to clarify your own confusion, clarify your own difficulty, be responsible, the ability to respond to whatever is happening rather than blame others, even though somebody else is actually can, causing your, your strife or your difficulty or your confusion or your problems insofar as you can uh, be responsible for that. 
Uh, there's teachings in Buddhism. One of them is drive all blames into one. Uh, anything that's happening, your fault. But you can't really do that unless you have some clarity about the lack of a of a of a uh, of a personal identity. Very difficult to do that if you still believe that you're somebody who's been put upon, who's been cheated, who's been robbed, who's been lied to, who 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 who. That that's what leads people to. That's why that we have the court system we have. It's just cut and dry. You do something wrong, we don't say. Well, let's see. How were you treated when you were thirteen? You know what? What was your what was your last life like? There's no going into that. I'm not saying you can't do that, but you have to find somebody who has the understanding to be able to see into uh, distant realms, sometimes called past lives, because those things show up here. Those things are showing up here. I know they're showing up here, and I'm pretty sure they're showing up out there. And I would say less is better rather than trying to use that to grind axes. More about that, Tayo? Uh, yes. So I guess I just re uh, realized that um, losing the war, I, I let a lot of unhealthy people in my life. And now I'm creating a boundary where I'm actually making it harder for people to come into our program and harder to come in closer. So I guess I'm finding that boundary between just receiving and then, you know, and protecting myself. Well, <laughs> you know, since I don't know, uh, I have an idea what you're talking about. But I, when I say lose the war, I'm not saying uh, drop all your walls and boundaries. I didn't say that. That's a misunderstanding. When I say lose the war, uh, I'm talking about the tension in your own mind. See that you're do it there. I'm not talking about lose the war out here and let people uh, uh, come and sleep on your back porch. So. I wish you have a personal interview around that if you if you uh, if you wish it's up to you but I, I don't mean to lose the war to you know lose uh, lose in, in, a, in a way that's uh, uh, is uh, ignoring the different kinds of uh, challenges or threats or someone's uh, something like that so there again I'm not necessarily blaming you for uh, for your saying you don't understand it's probably because I don't know how to uh, uh, explain it thoroughly so that you do understand. Michael Powell, is the war you're talking about not necessarily material or physical? Michael Powell? Yes, it's not. What is this war? It's not physical. It's the tension in in our in ourselves that we we think we're right and we think that somebody else is wrong and we go to war with that. They're wrong. They shouldn't have done that. They should straighten up. They shouldn't act this way. So that that's a simple way of putting it. I think it takes on lots of different nuances that are that are very personal. And I would say, insofar as you can, first you have to see that you have that there is a war going on. And when I say lose it, I'm saying just just don't. Don't take any to you continue to use the war metaphor. Don't don't keep sending troops to the front lines you know, with your ideas and why you how you could win and how you could how that shouldn't have happened and they shouldn't have done that and I shouldn't have uh, I should have had more artillery over here and I shouldn't have uh, I didn't send enough uh, have enough protection I need more tanks over here all of that kind of conversation this is what they're doing look look at our society people are going it's it's getting so difficult that people that that ordinarily wouldn't wouldn't really go to war, or starting to 
uh, uh, get, you know, starting to prepare themselves for a war, for probably a civil war. And, and it's, uh, there's nothing wrong with it. It's a, mis- a huge misunderstanding. If you go to right and wrong, next thing you know, you'll be locking and loading. And it's not that you shouldn't. I'm not saying that if somebody comes and threatens your life, you probably need to protect yourself or your your uh, friends or relatives or family or whatever. Of course, you, you can't you can't go against what's happened, the the force, the the weight of karma that is coming your direction. I'm not saying be a be a pushover. You know, and just uh, go into some kind of idealism. Well, I'm just not. I'm gonna so good on said lose the war. I didn't say uh, I didn't say run away. I didn't say let somebody shoot you. Tayo bowing. I guess where it gets confusing for me is when I'm trying to lose the war, but then something shows up as protect yourself, and so and then I'm thinking, well, who am I to protect? Lose the war, and and then. I continue on from there. So I guess I'm confused as to how to lose the war and still have a sense of self-preservation. So uh, what seems to be missing, and I I could be wrong about this, but I think more sitting practice, sit down, hold still, because if you you keep thinking the war is out in the world, not that some some of it isn't, but if you keep putting it out there, then you miss the, the, all the energy, the negative energy that's happening here, because it's easier. If someone's out here fighting, all of you probably can resonate a little bit with it. If somebody's having difficulty fighting, you can feel your own uh, anger or aggression either for this side or for that side come up. Sometimes it's called patriotism. Sometimes it's called nationalism. Sometimes it's called, uh, well, I can go on and on. I know you, you see what I'm saying, but you don't have to do any of that. You just don't have to do any of that. So rather than be the one who's going to go to war with this or stop that or prevent this, uh, you could hold your seat. But you can't hold your seat unless you've been practicing holding your seat, holding your seat, holding your seat. Get to the wall. Get to the wall. Sit down. Do it. And not 15, 20 minutes a day. Longer. Much longer. Do a lot of it. Please. Please do that. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to, be a, you don't have to follow me. I'm not going anywhere. But you might want to do this before the body-mind goes back into the elements, which it's going to do sooner or later. Find out who you are. Was um, when something appears and there is a feeling of tension that seems associated with it, does that is that indicative of going to war? No. Feeling of tension is just a feeling of tension. It's the attribution that if you if you abandon the tension, the actual feeling of tension for what's causing it, you've just gone to war. Even though, and this is the hard part. Even though that thing that you're, you're pointing at did actually participate in uh, the karmic uh, situation of cause and effect, but you're just, you're, it's a shallow understanding of it. And it's shallow because ego wants it shallow so that ego can, t- can, can continue to assume that the dependent origination that brought up the appearance of an identity called me is somehow justified in fighting with that. When actually the whole structure, the me feeling, what happened, the tension that came up and everything is a part of an incredibly gigantic uh, matrix of cause and effect called uh, dependent origination. And because of the nature of consciousness, if you can work with it in this way to see what this is, eventually you, you, 
you stop shrinking up into a me that has a, an axe to grind. It's not that the me doesn't keep looking for it, but it becomes unreal. And so therefore your ego is still hanging around because the body-mind complex came into this uh, human realm, this realm of desire, and it's not going to stop. It's dependently arisen, but who you actually are, uh, you can liberate yourself from that. More? What does it look like to lose the war in the mind? Um. <clears throat> Much more comfortable. No axe to grind. Axes are presented to you all the time. Sometimes they're called students. More, Jessica? Jessica, how does one lose the war in the mind? Um. Just, just, just why, and you know, it's going to be a little bit different with everyone <coughs> because uh, just those, that kind of tension, that kind of warfare looks different uh, to each person, depending on the karma, the causes and conditions that arises, your particular uh, chemistry set. So the important thing to do is just watch the war. You don't have to, you don't have to fuel the war, make it stronger. You don't have to go to war with the war, which I often say, don't go to war with the war, just be, be there. It's like uh, the image that I often use, uh, which I think is a, a, you know, a metaphor, uh, is that you're in a theater. Stay in the front row. Don't leave the theater. Ignore ignorance. Don't jump on stage, uh, which could be passion or it could be aggression. Don't interact. This doesn't mean don't go have a sandwich. It doesn't mean talk to the next door neighbor over the back fence about somebody uh, somebody's dog that barks all night. I think we had something like that here last night, didn't we? This dog barking all night, keeping other people awake. It's the dog's fault, it's not the owner. The dog is the one that barked. So the idea there is just to watch the energy of it come and go. You can do it. Make friends with yourself, is the way what, uh, the Vidyatara would say. Make, go into the look at the negativity instead of trying to blame somebody for the negativity, even if, even if they did it, this is why it's so damn difficult is because even if you can see the cause of that person, your mother, maybe, or your, or the dog causing that you're the one having the negativity and there isn't anyone. And the negativity is having the negativity and you don't need to go to war with that. It's pretty good news, but you have to see it. I can sit here as some dumb old man and, tell you stuff. A simple-minded old person getting simpler all the time. Train your mind. Find out who you are. If, if, if you have any kind of difficulty with anything, the one thing I can tell you pretty generally, I'm probably going to be pretty close to this. You're probably not sitting enough. Sit down, hold still, and watch the movement. I wouldn't be here had I not done a little bit of that. Michael Bowie. Isn't one of the things about going to war is our ignorance about the war? Yes. We don't even know we want to go to war? Yes. So what do we do about that? Sit a lot. Meditate a lot. Meditate, meditate. Sit down. I'll show you how. You sit, you hold very still. You can sit in a chair. You can sit on a duck if you can find one that won't waddle around. I don't care what you sit on, but sit down, find a place to sit that's stable, hold still, and discipline yourself. What is discipline? Watching how 
crazy you are. It's not about tightening up. It's not about shrinking down into a, a soldier or a, a military person. It's about watching, hold very still, and watch what continues to ramp up and go this way and go that way and blame this and blame that and assume this and assume that and make up this story and that story. Please don't interfere with it. Just sit in the front row and watch the stage play. Watch the actors come and go and come and go. Eventually, they start to get worn out. This doesn't mean the theater is going to disappear. It just might get quite large. What do we do next? I'm not in charge. I would dedicate the merit. Okay. penetrate into all places so that we in every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. Family, friends, and visitors. Heal everyone who's unhappy, sick, or suffering. 